Section three of A Flurry in Diamonds by Amos Chiptree. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Penn. Chapter five. Sloan took in the whole situation in his quiet, professional way. I carefully searched for any trace which should lead up toward solving the mystery, and kept an eye on Sloan. I had about concluded that we should find no clue there to encourage us when Sloan began questioning Mr. Lindley. Are you sure, sir, that you locked the drawer after placing the box of jewelry in it? Quite sure, and that I placed the key in my pocket, both acts being quite unusual on my part. And you found the drawer locked on your return? Yes, sir, and remember distinctly taking the key from my pocket and unlocking it. After a moment's thought, Sloan stepped up and taking the key from an adjoining drawer and substituting it for the one which Mr. Linley had left in the rifle drawer, vainly attempted to insert it in the lock. It would not work at all, and, after satisfying self of this fact, he replaced it in the lock from which he had removed it. It seemed to me that Sloan went through this performance more for the purpose of killing time while he was studying the case than with an idea of getting any clue from this source. For, supposing the key to have fitted the lock, it would be ridiculous, I thought, to further suppose that the thief had used this key, and, after securing the booty, had so carefully relocked the drawer and replaced the key. Still, I had great confidence in Sloan, and knew that discoveries which might seem to outsiders as most trivial and without bearing, to men in his line, were often of great value, and led to most important results. Sloan next proceeded to a most careful examination of the lock and its surroundings. Turning the key back and forth, listening to the throw of the bolt, looked into the keyhole and at the outside woodwork about it, but failed to make any discoveries, as was evinced by his remarking to Mr. Lindley that he could find no evidence of the lock having been tampered with. It had probably been simply picked with a wire or opened with a false key. The latter was the most likely, as the culprit would not have been apt to linger after securing the diamonds long enough to relock the drawer with a wire, which would necessarily take some time. By what fancy, or for what purpose, the drawer should have been relocked at all, he did not see, but the circumstance was quite unusual, and, he also thought, of slight consequence. As he turned from the bureau, noticing that the lower sash of a window alongside of it was raised, he remarked in a casual manner to Mr. Lindley, I suppose this window is just as you left it on going out before the robbery? Mr. Lindley seemed quite taken aback at the question, and hastily answered, glancing at the window, No, sir. I never open that window myself, even on the warmest nights, there being plenty of means of ventilating the rooms without it. As it is in a direct line with my bed, and as I am a little inclined to rheumatic twinges at times, I am careful about drafts especially at night. Besides, as you will perceive, there is directly beneath that window the roof of a porch over the back door of the house, which renders the window easily accessible to thieves. Hence, I always keep it closed and locked. No, sir, although I have not thought of it before, in fact, in my excitement, have not noticed that it was open, I can assure you that it has been raised by someone since I left the room on my way to breakfast. As I gave orders, upon discovering the robbery, that nothing should be changed here, it follows that the window was opened while I was at the table. Mr. Sloan's growing interest was apparent, as he said, I suppose in airing the rooms after you leave them in the morning, this window, like the others, is usually opened for a while? Whose duty is it to attend to that? Well, I have never given any instructions to anyone concerning the window. 
but as the lock upon the sash works very stiffly as you can see it is my opinion that it is not often used as there are plenty of other windows which can more readily be used for such purpose i hardly think it is customary to open this one my daughter has charge of such matters and if you desire it i will send for her to answer the question never mind just now sir said sloane apparently attaching little importance to the matter i may want other information from her and this can be deferred until later sloane went to the window put his head outside and examined the roof of the porch which was but a few inches below after completing his examination he withdrew his head and lowered the sash upon trying the window fastening which he found very difficult to move he smilingly observed to us that a little oil upon it would help it if it was desired to have it in working order he then made a survey of the yard in the rear which ran back to the stable and carriage house fronting on the next street and occupying the full width of the premises being situated upon a corner the side street line of the house was continued in a brick wall some seven feet in height in this wall there was a gate opening upon the sidewalk that gate is kept locked i suppose the officer said rather unconcernedly always i think replied mr lindley it has a spring lock the key to which is in the care of the servants by whom the gate is used in passing to and from the house there is a bell pull upon the outside for the use of other persons who may have business at that part of the house anybody live over the stable i see curtains at the windows there yes dan my coachman and his wife what kind of persons are they of a very good kind we think don't we mr hopkins i nodded approvingly and mr lindley continued dan is an irishman who has been with me for a long time in one way and another we formerly had him at the factory among the horses and finding him a most careful driver and a good horseman as well as a very steady honest kind of man i brought him here to replace my coachman whom i found inclined to drink too much at times dan has been with us here for nine or ten years and we are proud of him his wife appears to be a very good sort of a woman she does our laundry work in the house and though she does not come so much in my way as dan i think i may say she is a faithful servant my daughter thinks so and as she comes under her charge she is best able to know about this girl winnie who was meddling with the jewelry in your daughter's room and whom you did not suspect of anything serious how long have you known her mr lindley and what is her record so far as you know it inquired sloane in an off-hand sort of way as he continued looking about the room winnie has lived with us only a short time comparatively a year or so my daughter heard of her through one of her acquaintances who was quite interested in her and her mother i don't know much about it myself but believe there is something about a widowed mother with a good-for-nothing son and a young daughter hard work to get along with the son unwilling to assist in any way but to help dispose of what small means his mother and sister can get hold of this friend of miss lindley is charitably disposed one of the few young ladies of these times who from a sense of duty go out of the usual course to discover worthy objects of sympathy if not charity she came across this case and the result was that winnie was installed here in the capacity of seamstress and maid miss lindley took kindly to her at once she has never been used to much work being still young and her father at one time i hear having been fairly well off she is perfectly honest and trustworthy so far as i know i did not exactly like the look of the affair with the earrings but i can as yet place no connection between her actions there and their later disappearance very naturally you cannot sir and i do not say that i can 
it would be a very boldly planned piece of work which we should hardly look for in one so young and apparently unskilled in crime especially as she would know that your first suspicions would point to her more barefaced crimes have been committed by persons as innocent appearing as your winnie sometimes of themselves but oftener through accomplices i don't want you to think that i expect to find the thief in winnie nor in anyone else with her assistance not at all mr lindley we are a long way off from success yet which fact compels us to look into every incident or circumstance in any way connected with the case and follow it up for whatever there is in it but winnie's part in the mystery will need some attention it may be only to prove her entire innocence in thought or action but believe me just now it will not pay to drop her entirely excuse me for talking so much but sometimes i can't help it and sloane looked as sober as if he had imparted something of great importance by accident which his succeeding inquiries might either confirm or modify what other servants are there in the house two only mary the cook and jerry her son who acts as a general servant replied mr lindley promptly neither of whom could have had any hand in or knowledge of the crime confidently for what reason sir quietly asked sloane firstly because no amount of diamonds would tempt either of them to betray my confidence in and esteem for them why my dear sir if old mary has been so long in my household as confidential and trusted servant that i could safely leave my purse in her charge while i made a tour in europe giving her the responsibility here in my absence which lasted over a period of two years with full charge of the house and its contents and inmates the latter including my two young children if i ask i could do this with perfect confidence in her loyalty and honesty and find on my return that i had not mistaken her in any way do you think i could ever suspect her of having a hand in the abstraction of these paltry diamonds the old gentleman as he warmed up in defence of his tried and faithful servant soon convinced me as he must also have sloane that any suspicions pointing that way would not hold continuing more quietly he said i have the same confidence in her boy jerry he has grown up from a child in my family and has instilled in his mind that feeling of satisfied dependence so characteristic of the colored race he has been trained by his mother to look upon us as his best friends and without ever testing his honesty i have the same faith in him as i have in mary which you are aware is quite unlimited but my second reason for asserting that they had no part in the theft will probably have more weight with you mr sloane as it is not to be expected that you will share my warm feelings of friendship for them they were both below stairs at the time of the robbery mary in the kitchen and jerry in his place as waiter at the table he was still in the dining room attending to his duties where after discovering the loss i went down to hurry him off with the note summoning mr hopkins as mr lindley anticipated his latter statement seemed to clear both of them of any suspicion in the mind of the officer and after inquiring as to the other occupants of the house and learning that they consisted only of mr lindley his son and daughter mr sloane stood a moment in thought and then said it will be necessary to see some of these people your daughter especially but before doing so i should like to see the safe in which the jewelry was kept during the night it is in the passage here said mr lindley as he stepped out followed by sloane and myself the safe which was of small size stood in a recess off a passageway leading from the main hall to mr lindley's rooms it was used merely as a place of deposit for small articles of value in the way of ornaments and relics not often used or worn 
and as a receptacle for important documents and papers belonging to Mr. Lindley. On reaching it and finding the door closed, Mr. Lindley grasped the knob to open it, but to his evident surprise found that it was locked. My daughter appears to have locked it, said he, and as you probably wish to see the inside of it, I will call her and have her open it, for, to tell the truth, I am unable to do it myself. It has a combination lock, and Kate has full control of it. I have never bothered myself about it, not even knowing the figures upon which it locks, but depend upon her to obtain for me anything within it which I may want. It is rarely opened, however, even by her. I do not think it will be necessary to open it at all, except to discover that everything is all right inside, as there is no chance of finding the diamonds in there, replied Sloan with a smile. But I should like to know when it was locked, and now, if you choose, you may send for Miss Lindley to enlighten us upon this, as well as some other points. Suppose we go down to the library where she will join us, said Mr. Lindley. One moment, please, returned Sloan, as he quickly passed into Mr. Lindley's room, and stepping to the window over the porch, made a close examination of both sashes in the vicinity of the metal fastening. After raising the sash again, he came toward us with, Now I am ready. We can go down at once. Mr. Lindley, leaving us to proceed alone, went off to summon Kate, and together they reached the library a moment after we had entered. Kate came directly up to me with hands extended and a roguish smile upon her face. Well, Fred, your diamonds are gone, notwithstanding your caution to me about burglars, and that I put them in a safe place overnight at least. As I never dreamed of a visit from them by daylight, I relaxed my vigilance, and the result I supposed to be that you will hold me responsible for the loss of them, as threatened. I am not rich, you know, but I guess Papa will settle for them, and withhold the amount from my allowance until he is repaid the loan. Will you not, Papa? This was said as soberly as if it were meant. Without waiting for his reply, she continued, I am so glad the burglars did not get my earrings with the rest. I put them in my ears before breakfast, and thereby caused myself to be made the subject of Pierre's jokes, but ever since the robbery, I have been congratulating myself for wearing them, and were it not wicked, believe me, I should turn the laugh upon Pierre when he comes home and learns of the robbery. But seriously, I am terribly nervous over the affair, and shall almost be tempted to wear all my jewelry hereafter to protect it. You will observe I still wear the earrings. How do they look, Fred? I didn't stop to tell her how becoming they were, nor how bewitching she appeared in looks and manner, as she tossed her head from side to side, and from those dark, snapping eyes, shot glances at me which neither the circumstances of our meeting nor the presence of the officer could restrain, but turned at once to business, and introduced Mr. Sloan as an acquaintance of mine connected with police affairs. Oh, yes, I know. Papa told me of him, and that he desired to question me about some matters regarding the affair. Let us be seated. And in her graceful, girlish way, she motioned toward several easy chairs, as she seated herself upon a sofa. Now I am ready, but as I know so little of this affair which Papa has not already told you, I do not see that I could be of much service to you, sir. This to Mr. Sloan in a cool, dignified way, which it was difficult for me to believe possible with her, who always appeared so frank and unreserved in manner. Apologizing for the necessity for his troubling her at all, Mr. Sloan began politely questioning her in an easy, conversational way. Her responses were quick and to the point. First, Miss Lindley, as to the safe, when you took the jewelry out to carry it into your room, do you remember closing the safe door and locking it? 
I do not, sir, but as it is always my habit to do so, I think it quite likely that I locked it. It requires no key, you know, a turn or two of the little knob securely fastening it. But why do you ask? Did you find it open? No, miss, but if I had, I should have considered it a quite natural condition, under the circumstances. You did not find it open, then, as you might have left it, and closed it upon your father's discovery of the loss. No, sir. Papa told me to have everything upstairs left as it was until your arrival. If the safe door had been open, however, I think I should have noticed it, as I passed close to it, in going downstairs from Papa's room. That will do for the safe at present. But, before I leave, I wish you would open it, just to satisfy us that its contents have been undisturbed. Now, Miss Lindley, what are the duties in the house of the girl, Winnie? She does plain sewing for me, and assists in taking care of the rooms. Is it her duty to open the sleeping room windows in the morning for the purpose of airing the rooms? Yes, sir, and she usually does that, and other necessary chamber work, while we are at breakfast. Did she open them this morning? I have been so excited over the affair of the diamonds that really I have not noticed whether any of the windows are open or not. If she had opened them, you would have found them still open when you arrived, as neither Winnie nor anyone else has been upstairs since our discovery. By your orders? Yes, sir. Is it customary with her to open all the windows at this season? Of that I cannot speak positively, although it is my opinion that, with the exception of one window in Papa's room, she is apt to throw them all open. The catch upon that one works so hard that she complained to me of the difficulty of moving it, and I told her that, until it was remedied, she might keep it closed. That is the window alongside the bureau and over the back porch? Yes, sir. From what you know of this girl, have you any reason to doubt her being perfectly honest and trustworthy? Not at all, sir. On the contrary, I have the greatest confidence in her, and would trust her in any way. Does she know that the diamonds are missing? Yes, sir, and so do all the servants, excepting perhaps Dan, the coachman, and his wife. How did they find it out? I told Winnie myself, as I met her in the hall immediately after the discovery. Papa told Jerry something about it, when he sent him downtown with the message, I believe, as when I went downstairs a few minutes ago, I found him and his mother discussing it, and they both eagerly asked me for particulars about it. What do you think of Winnie's actions in your room as witnessed by your father? That thinking herself alone, and dazzled by the beauty of the ornaments, as most young girls would have been, she allowed her curiosity, or vanity, if you please, to get the better of her judgment. Nothing more, I assure you. How did she act when you told her of your loss? She was greatly agitated. In fact, she seemed considerably excited before I told her. But, remembering how Papa had caught her unawares, and thinking that she must suspect something wrong from our actions in whispered conferences, I did not wonder at it. Where did she pass the time while you were at breakfast, as for some reason she appears not to have aired the rooms or performed any other usual chamber work this morning? In her room, probably, though why she should have neglected her duties I cannot say. It is something quite unusual for her. Does she ever have visitors here? Occasionally her mother calls to see her, and once in a great while her brother comes here. With these exceptions, she has no company and she seldom goes out except to visit her mother's. This brother of hers, who you say sometimes comes here, what do you know of him? Nothing, only that he is a lazy, worthless fellow, living upon his mother and sister. Winnie seldom mentions him to me, as she can say no good for him. 
What brings him here, do you suppose? I fancy that he comes to get money from Winnie, although she has never told me so. She always appears flurried after he has been here, and as she does not apparently relish his visits, I can see no other object in his coming. She seems heartily ashamed of him, and, I think, would give him almost her last penny to keep him away from the house. They were not always poor, and Winnie is proud. I am so sorry for her, and yet she seems quite happy here with us. What is her brother's name? Uh, Richard. Richard Evans. The family is English, I believe, though they came to New York when the children were small. Do you know where they live? Yes, sir, but I cannot give you the address, as I forget the number. I called there once with a friend, at the time I engaged Winnie, now nearly two years ago. It is in East Blank Street, not far from 3rd Avenue. It does not matter, Miss Lindley. Sloan here took a small memorandum book from his pocket, and, after making a few hurried entries therein, said, as he replaced it and rose from his chair, Now, Miss Lindley, if you will oblige us by accompanying us upstairs, and perhaps answer one or two questions, I will release you from any further trouble on my account at present. No trouble at all, sir, I assure you, replied Kate, smilingly. I am only too glad to do my part towards solving this mystery, but I am afraid that I am proving a quite unimportant witness. Of that we cannot yet judge, miss, said Sloan respectfully, without showing in looks or manner whether he had learned anything of value or not. End of section 3